Good morning, countryside. I am so excited to be here with you guys today, even though we definitely miss Pastor Glenn and Elaine. But I have also enjoyed this series that we are in, The Endless Pursuit of More. And what I mean by enjoy, is that it's taken me to church. I, a few weeks ago, spoke at our Tampa location and I told him, I'm like, I just need to be sitting right there listening to my own message. And that's the same way I feel today. And I am so grateful for our leadership who pick series like these. You know, sometimes these aren't the most comfortable series to go through, but they truly believe in us becoming fully dedicated followers of Jesus. And that means not just picking through what feels good, but also reading the whole thing for what God has for us. Amen? Amen. And so I'm just so grateful for them. And if you wanna learn more about just this church and the vision of this church and who we are, we have a class called Growth Track and we would love to have you be a part of that. It's August 19th. I teach the class with Pastor Dan and we would love to have you. You can get more information out in the lobby about that. But do you know that there's one thing that this world is absolutely obsessed with? and that is living your best life. You better make sure in everything that you're doing that hashtag you're living your best life or that you have a TikTok that shows everything that's going right in your life. And I can't go on about talking your best life without showing you some of my best life. So um, these, this is an older picture, but these are my two babies. They'll always be my babies. That's Judah and Autumn. That was last Christmas. Aren't they so cute? Oh my gosh. Um, And then this is also part of my best life. Mom life is the best life. I absolutely love it. And you know, I am rocking it, guys, there. Rocking it. And my husband got out the camera to capture it. It's a miracle right there. But I am brushing both those babies' teeth. Yes, I am. I'm rocking it. And we recently did a staycation with our family and we took our dinosaur lover, three-year-old, to Dinosaur World. And he absolutely loves the T-Rex. So we had to get a family picture with the T-Rex. I was a little afraid myself, but, um, but Judah always says the T-Rex, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, to be clear. And he likes the big teeths. That's his favorite part. So good. But do you know those people, and we can be those people that post the perfect pictures. You know, when you sit down for a meal, they're like, wait, don't move, don't touch it. Everybody smile, we're getting a picture of our plates. And you're like, why am I smiling then for getting a picture of my plate? Okay, and that would be my mother, she's here with us today. She loves to take pictures of our plates. It's wonderful, because she's a great cook, guys. We've gotta capture that. But also those family pictures, everyone's matching and smiling and they're so cute, it's perfect. But many times we don't see the other side of these pictures, but I'm gonna take a minute and I'm gonna show you all those pictures I just showed you Let me show you the ones I didn't post, okay? So that first one of the babies, this is what was really going on. Judah was not helping put that passy in the sister's mouth. He was trying to take it, okay? And then mom, mom life, wrangling both the toddlers trying to brush their teeth. This is more of what that looks like, like literally. Um, Yeah, you ever tried to brush toddlers' teeth? It's difficult. Watch out for your fingers, okay? Um, And then Justin, my husband, thought that Judah loves the dinosaur. So he's like, I'm gonna lift Judah up so he can see these big teeth. Well, that's about how that went. And I think we have a zoomed in picture of this. Oh, there it is. Yes, he was horrified, horrified. Kicking, screaming, wishing that was not happening. (laughs) 
Many times we don't see the other side of people's lives. We get to see the, the beautiful side of people's lives. But in this series, we're talking about the things that most of us spend our life pursuing. We talked about things. We talked about um, approval. We talked about perfection. And chasing after things more aggressively than we chase after God, anything that you chase after more aggressively than God is actually idolatry. It is an idol in our lives. And with that in mind today, we are talking about something that I didn't even realize that I struggled with. As I began to study this and look at God's word, I was like, oh my goodness. I struggle with this thing called chasing after comfort. So I hope you're comfortable today. I hope you're sitting in your favorite seat today. And if you're not and somebody else sat in your seat, I'm sorry, um, seats are not assigned here. And some people, you're like, you're wrong, Pastor Kelly, because I've got mine engraved. You just have to look very closely. That is my seat. But get comfortable because today we're talking about the endless pursuit of comfort in our lives. And, and honestly, in some ways, it's not our fault. Our world surrounds us with trying to make our lives easier. What can we do? Shouldn't we be working smarter, not harder in every area of our lives? I mean, think of, let's just start with the kitchen and all the gadgets we have available to us within our kitchens. It started with the microwave, okay? And now we have this thing, it's right in the name, called the Instapot. You're gonna get it instantly, okay? You don't have to wait anymore. And those little tools, all the little tools that we need, like the lemon squeezer and the avocado tool. Now don't mess with my avocado tool, okay? I need it. Do you want me to chop a finger off trying to get that Pit out, no, and if you got better ideas, let me know if you're a professional, I'd love to know. And also, men, the electric razor, praise the Lord for the electric razor, right? We don't gotta do this anymore, nick yourself, it's smooth, it's nice, it's wonderful, and then let's talk about the robot vacuum. Oh my goodness, if you got one of the top of the line ones, you, can, you have an app, and you map it on your phone, and you tell it when to go, and where to go, and where not to go. And when you get home, your whole floor is vacuumed. Praise the Lord. Do you know that they also have a robotic lawnmower? Gentlemen, ladies, yeah, you can do the same thing with a lawnmower. You set it out there and you tell it where to go and you map it out and it mows your lawn for you. In Florida, we need this in our lives. Okay, I think we need to pray. <laughs> Let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, I am so grateful for your word. I am so grateful for your guidance, and I pray that your word will come alive in us today. God, that your truth will stand strong in our lives, and that we are not strayed away, God, by a counterfeit version of what you have for us through th in this world, God. I pray that you will show us the truth and help us to apply it to our lives. In the precious name of Jesus, amen, amen. All right, we are gonna look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and you can turn there, and I'm gonna pretend to turn there, because I'm gonna read it off my screen here, but I'm gonna give you time for those of you that brought your Bibles. I really appreciate that. Okay, that's about right. All right, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. 
lives forever. And that word lust, I just wanna be clear, it's not always about sexual lust, it's about a deep desire in your life. But 17 times, John uses, in his first letter, he uses the world 17 times in that letter. But I wanna define what the world doesn't mean when we're talking about this. It doesn't mean we shouldn't love people in the world. It says to even love your enemies. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't enjoy the good gifts God has given us in this world. It says every good gift comes from the Father. It doesn't mean we shouldn't love creation of the world. It says that all creation testifies of the glory of God. So the Greek word here contextually means the culture system of the world, the spirit of the world. That is what it is talking about. And if I had to sum this up very quickly without going into a whole another message about this, it is the system of the world is a life that does not need God that leads you towards becoming self-sufficient. You can do this, you don't need God. We're gonna make this easy and comfortable. You've got it. But no matter where you are in your journey of life, and I would say this about myself, everyone has a desired life more defined by ease than struggle. I don't think we wake up in the morning and say, how can I make my life harder today? Let me see, let me go pick the most uncomfortable shoes in my closet because those are the ones I'm gonna wear today. No, I wanna find the most comfortable, cute yet comfortable. That's my, that's what I like to do. When I go shopping, it's cute yet comfortable. Remember I was shopping with a friend and I was like, cute but comfortable. She's like, sometimes beauty is pain. And I was like, no, it does not have to be. I said, I can be cute and comfortable. Praise the Lord, that's a side note. But a life unchecked will lead towards ease, will naturally lead towards easy. And here's just a little simple example between, think about the dating season of your life or the single season of your life. Don't hate that season, love it, embrace it, okay? If you're there, we love you, it's a great season to be in. But think about that season. And that season, most of the time, ladies, our makeup is done, we're looking good, right? We are working out. When we went out on a date, we were being careful what we were eating because we didn't want to get too messy, you know, wanted to be careful about that. And men, in this dating season of your lives, you were writing poems. We were bringing flowers. Some of the proposals after these dating seasons are extravagant and amazing. But then we move into the, to marriage and we're like, okay, I got what I was looking for. This is good. And we both move into ease, Ladies, I'm not sure that you do your makeup all the time anymore. I know I don't. Um, He's got what he's got, right? And (laughs) you don't really go out. When you go out, um, you're not dressing up that much. You're like, you know, I think I'm gonna put on my comfy sweats. I think that sounds good. And, And men, when was the last time you wrote a poem for your wife or went and got her her favorite flowers? Um, that's okay. And I'll say that um, we, my husband and I just had our 10-year wedding anniversary on August 2nd. Woohoo! Yes, it's awesome. He was here last service. And um, for my 10-year wedding anniversary, I did not get a poem. Okay? That's all right. It's all right. But I will say, he is very good. He likes to write me little post-its. And I love the little post-its. Those are so cute. I keep them all. It's so cute. Um, but many times in our lives, we are chasing a counterfeit comfort. We are chasing something that is not the authentic comfort that God has for us. And designed, it is designed to be a very close copy. The enemy is very good. 
And he wants us to run towards this comfort in the world and that substitute, but it's something that has no value. A counterfeit of something has no value. Only the real thing has actual value. And when we run towards a counterfeit comfort in our lives, it reveals in our lives a actual spiritual emptiness in our lives. When we're going after this counterfeit comfort in our lives, it reveals that, that I have spiritual emptiness. And like I said, when I was studying this message, I was like, oh Lord. I'm like, help me, search my heart. <laughs> spiritual emptiness. And once again, in 1 John 2, 15, it says, do not love the world or anything in the world. For anyone love, loves the world, for the love of the Father is not in them. And that's the, spiritual, that's the spirit of the world, the culture of the world. And I have to ask myself this question. Does my life show that I need God? Does my life show that I absolutely need God in my life? And think about God's love. God's love for the lost, for the hurting, for the poor, for the weak, for the faithful, for the sacrificial. What does his love look like? And it makes me think of the so many stories we have of Jesus in the Bible. And when he showed his love so many different times, it put him in very uncomfortable situations. And when I think about the disciples, if you just read some of their stories, many of them were also put in very uncomfortable situations because of the cause of Christ because of the cause of Christ. And it makes me think of a couple actually in our church, Joellen and Blair Waller. They are an amazing couple, but around 2004, they had a beautiful baby boy, Caleb, and they unfortunately lost him. He passed away at a, at a young age. And during, in the midst of their deep grief of losing their baby boy, Joellen felt the Holy Spirit leading her, that she needed to step out and help other people during in the moments of her grief. And she really felt initially that she needed to go adopt a baby from the inner city. And her husband Blair is like, what are you gonna do? Just walk over there and take a baby? He's like, we can't do that. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, I really feel like I'm supposed to go and start ministering to these teenagers who are caught up in gangs, who are caught up in situations, who need someone to show them that they are loved, that they have a purpose, that God loves them. And so she began going into the inner city of Clearwater, her and her husband, and reaching out to these teenagers. And they actually started a rec center for these teenagers. And many of them started to come to church with them. Many of them were actually baptized here. I think we have a picture of the crew. Um, and this is from a few years ago. That's part of the crew that she would bring here, that they would bring here. Yes. But this ministry, guys, it was dangerous. And it was very uncomfortable. Many times they were on the streets at 2 a.m. in the morning because that's when you found these guys. That's when you could find them and talk to them and pour into their lives. And the police, Joellen sticks out like a sore thumb, okay, in the inner city. And the police would come up to her and be like, what are you doing here? Are you looking for some drugs or? And she's like, no. She's like, I'm here to love on these teenagers and to let them know that God has a plan for them. Well, one day at the rec center, a young mom brings her, her infant baby to them. Now this baby was in a rough situation when she, this mother dropped, them, dropped off the baby that day at the rec center. He didn't have diapers, food, anything. And unfortunately that mother never came back for the baby. And Joellen and Blair ended up caring for this baby. His name's Javen. And they've been caring for him for years. And actually I think we have a picture of Javen 
um, here, and they love this boy. They have poured into this boy, but actually, during um, during COVID, they had to step away from this ministry because one thing you don't know about the inner city probably is that within the COVID season, the gangs really turned on each other. You know, when you when when fear hits, <laughs> it's not a good situation, and so they actually had to move away from that ministry um, for a while. And actually, they have not been back there since then. And I asked her, I said, "How do you feel?" about having to walk away from something you know God called you to. And she said, you know what, Kelly? She's like, I think of this quote from Mother Teresa. God did not call me to be successful, but to be faithful. God did not call me to be successful in my eyes, whatever I think it should look like. He called me to be faithful, take one step after the next step and do what he has called me to do. And so they are caring for Javen, and actually they have started a ministry partnering with Helping Hands now, and now whenever we collect diapers and wipes and formula, that's going out to these young moms in the inner city here in Clearwater, and that is truly amazing what they are continuing to do. And I love the verse, 1 Corinthians 14 through 15. It says this, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. I'm gonna read that again. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and raised again. And I love this quote from John Piper. It says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And that kind of encompasses this series. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. The second thing that chasing this counterfeit comfort will do in our lives is that it eliminates the need for faith. When we are running towards comfort and we're trying to stay so comfortable, it really does eliminate many times our need to step out in faith. And in Hebrews 11, one through 39, this reminds us how important faith is. And I'm not gonna read all these verses to you because it's a lot of verses, but I encourage you, write this down, Hebrews 11, and go back and read it because over and over and over again, it says, by faith, by faith. It says, by faith, Abel Abel offered Isaac, By faith, Enoch was taken by God. By faith, Noah was convinced there'd be a flood when he had never seen rain. By faith, Abraham left home to occupy the promised land. By faith, Sarah believed she could have a child in her old age. By faith, Joseph on his deathbed spoke of the exodus of Israel from Egyptian slavery. By faith, Moses with a speech impediment was used by God to face Pharaoh and deliver the Israelites. None of these were easy. None of these were easy, easy. None of the people lived in comfort and every single one of them required faith in God to do what was the seemingly impossible, to do the impossible. When we think about the system of this world or building a life where God isn't necessary, that actually is in direct contradiction with the 66 books that are in our Bible. It is so important. And there's a question that I have to ask myself. And it is, what part of your life, Kelly, what part of your life are you helpless without God's intervening? Where are you helpless without God's intervening? When is the last time that you said, if not for God, if God doesn't step in here, 
I'm taking a step, but God, I need you. The writer goes on to say in Hebrews 11:6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I need him, guys. I need to earnestly seek him. I need him in my life. And you know, the story of Joellen and Blair, that can seem like a really dramatic thing to step out and do, and you're like, I don't know if that's what God's calling me to do. It doesn't always have to look that way. You gotta look at your life and say, God, what are you asking me to do? What does my step of faith look like? Where do I need to get a little uncomfortable to share your love, the love of Christ with others? And I think about our men's ministry. They started this thing called Rescue on the Road, and about once a year, they gather all these supplies, and they put together these little zip, these actually big, Ziploc bags that have water and socks and hygiene items for homeless people. And they take all, after they get all those bags, they take them and they put them in their cars, and as they're driving around the city and they see a homeless person, they have that bag that they can roll down their window and pass it out to the homeless. Sometimes it looks like that. And is that always comfortable? No. You ever roll down your window before? to hand something out to somebody, that can be a little, okay, hopefully they're just gonna take the bag. Or have you ever paused and the people behind you start honking because you're taking too long to help somebody? It can be a little uncomfortable in our lives. But I can tell you this, you cannot pursue comfort and walk by faith. You can't pursue both at the same time and want both perfectly at the same time. Does God give us rest? Absolutely. Does he let us lie down in green pastures? Yes. But he also walks us through some very uncomfortable things to grow our faith. And we need to embrace authentic comfort that comes from God. And how do we do that? How do you know something authentic? Well, you have to know the counterfeit. When people that like study coins, like actually Pastor Tim used to do that, and he confirmed this, that in order for him to know when someone would bring him a coin, he had to study the real thing so he would know what the counterfeit looked like. And that's the same thing. We need to study God's word. We need to know what God's word says about a life of comfort and that sometimes it can be uncomfortable. And he's a pretty smart guy, so I would check out that Matthew class um, as well. It's very good. Yeah, and why would we chase a counterfeit and unattainable comfort, actually? Because the counterfeit, it looks good, but it's not worth much. And we can go after it when we can actually embrace authentic comfort. Because it's very important, if our model, if our example is off, if what your example is and our expectations are misplaced, we have to realize that the love of the system of this world actually is leading us down a path of destruction. It really is. We have to align our expectations, our life, with scripture and what it says. And when we do this, we will discover a couple radical, life-changing truths in our lives. And I wanna look at 2 Corinthians 1, three through five. It says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> For just as we share abundantly in suffering of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. 
When God's word is the source of how we define what life should look like, there are two things I want you to challenge you to actually embrace. And that is the first thing is embrace divine discomfort. Embrace it. Embrace divine discomfort in your life. Okay, think about it this way. Comfort food, guys. Think about your favorite comfort food. Me, after my kids go to bed, I want some chocolate chip cookies. And I'm not talking about Chips Ahoy. No, I want the dough going into the oven. I wanna just undercook them just a little bit to where they're gooey and nice in the center and warm in your mouth. Oh my goodness, we need some cookies tonight. So good. And then let's compare that to working out. Let's just say some burpees, okay? You know what a burpee is? You like do this jump up thing, you go down and do a push up over and over, it's, it's horrible, it's awful. <laughs> Supposedly really good for you. Either one, either one of those, think about chocolate chip cookies or doing the burpees, do those twice a day for five to 10 years, okay? You're gonna get very different results if you do those. Now let's think about that with your journey with faith. What would it look like if you stepped out in faith over and over and over again for five to 10 years? Where did God take you? How many lives were affected? When you handed him some very uncomfortable things in your life and said, God, have your way, not my way, you're gonna see a very different result. And hard things many times produce the best things in our lives. Amen. <laughs> James 1, 2, and 3 is a wonderful verse, but sometimes hard to swallow, so I'm gonna read it slow. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, produces perseverance. That Greek word there for testing is dokimion, that is the same word used to describe how a silversmith actually warms up the silver and all of the impurities come to the top and they swipe them away and they warm it up again and they, and they take the impurities away until the silversmith can see his reflection in the silver. God is doing the same thing through the uncomfortable, the painful, the hurtful things in our lives many times if we let him until he can see his reflection in our lives. You know, many times in our lives, we want things to look perfect and uh, like a perfect piece of paper. Look how nice that is. You know what, you need one of these perfect pieces of paper to go through a printer. If it gets bent up, it's just not gonna work out. So put that there, that's what our lives, look how beautiful that is. That is great, and I borrowed a dinosaur from my Dinosaur lover, and this is our life, so perfect and wonderful. Oh, well, that's not much to stand on, is it? Okay, well, many times our lives look more like this, you know? Maybe for you, you're looking at a child that looks absolutely impossible right now. You're like, what am I doing with this child? Maybe seems completely unreachable. Maybe you are currently paralyzed by a diagnosis in your life. Maybe you're in a marriage and you feel absolutely, completely alone. Maybe addiction has created deepest despair in your life. But do you know, if we give these things to God, 
He can do amazing things with them. And many times it is through our pain that we, can, that we trust God and we have stronger faith to stand on. It is through the hard things that seem difficult. We wouldn't choose to put those things in our lives. We wouldn't choose to walk those paths. But when we hand them to God, the obstacle is an opportunity for God to actually show off. The setback could be used for God. Your misery could actually be your ministry in the future. And your pain can produce, produce a depth of character that you never knew, but that you could pass down from generation to generation to generation. Many times, valuable things in my life are the result of God's presence in the midst of pain. There are so many things in my life I wouldn't have chosen on my own. I wouldn't have chosen for my parents to get divorced after 27 years of marriage. I wouldn't have chosen for my dad to go to have a midlife crisis and to still be living that midlife crisis and to be living a gay lifestyle. I wouldn't have chosen those things in my life. But do you know how many people I have the chance to sit down with and to talk with and to share my story and to show how you can agree to disagree with people's lives and still love them? Do you know that? I wouldn't choose the pain in my life. I wouldn't choose five years of infertility as a part of my story. But I get to walk alongside people and pray with people and help them through that season and pray that God will do a miracle in their life too. I love Romans 5, three through five. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's producing something in our lives, even in moments that we don't understand. And this is a hard thing to say, but it is truth and it has truth. The truth will set you free, amen? amen? But God many times afflicts the comfortable and he comforts those that are afflicted. He's pushing us not to hurt us, but actually to help us, to help us in ways that we can't even see. So one thing I want you to embrace, I want you to think about this concept. Embrace that this is not your best life. This is not your best life. It says in Romans 8, 18 through 19, yet we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. I cannot wait <laughs> for that day. God has a best life intended for you. He has a best life, but it is not here and it is not now. It is not no, now. Your soul was made to long for the things of heaven and actually trying to fulfill an eternal longing with a temporary comfort will lead you to an empty life because you're going towards something counterfeit that actually has not the value that God had for your life. There is so much more value in your life and the enemy doesn't want you to go towards it. He wants you to sit back and be comfortable and avoid anything that is uncomfortable. He actually wants to use discomfort in your life to have you run away from the one who brings true comfort in our lives. 
Matthew 16, 25 says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And I would say that this verse, it is referring to giving up your version of what you feel your life should look like. And saying, God, I trust you with the version that you've decided to give me and help me to know how you want me to use it, not just for your glory, but God, to lead other people to know and to love you as well. And I think of my godparents. I think of my godparents, Bob and Connie Way. They got married and they were so excited to have children. But they found out very quickly that they were not able to have children. And several times when she did get pregnant, they had lost pregnancies, and one almost took her life, actually. And they came to a point where they said, God, we surrender this to you. And they actually ended up fostering children. They started taking care of children that didn't have parents. And then several years later, after they had been doing the foster care thing, they ended up at, at the church that my parents went to. And they were at the hospital visiting a woman that they knew, and they had heard that there was a woman in the hospital that just had identical twins. And they knew that this mom already had three littles at home and just had identical twins. And they're like, that girl needs some help. <laughs> so they adopted us. They adopted us as a family. They've always been a part of my family. They've done so much for me. They're truly amazing. They took their pain and let God use it. And actually, when I was about nine years old, they had the opportunity to adopt this little girl named Annie, who had severe disabilities. She had spina bifida. There she is. That's me. <laughs> and Annie loved church. Guys, if she was here at this service, her hands are up, worshiping the Lord. And so many people were led to the Lord through Annie's life, including me. She affected my life in such a beautiful way. But when she was three years old, she tragically died of a seizure and they lost the gift. And I'll never forget, for the first time in my life, I learned what it meant to lose someone you absolutely love at 11 years old. But I also remember at her funeral, they sang this song, swing low, sweet cherry-o coming for to carry me home. <laughs> this is not our home. Our home. We say welcome home. This is just the lobby, guys. Okay? Home. We're waiting on home. And many times it's uncomfortable in the lobby. But when we give it to God and we let him have it, in our lives, you know, so many people would say, especially young children, that man, her life was cut short. Her best life didn't come to an early end, guys. Her best life started before all of ours. Yeah. Yeah. It says in 2 Corinthians 2, 2, 9, however, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. 
So I wanna encourage you, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Embrace the God of all comfort, church, as your source of all comfort. God, I am so grateful for your word. I am grateful for the, discom- the uncomfortable things in my life. God, I pray that I hand them to you and let you have your way and not my way. I pray that the things that we do, God, in our lives, that we can use these painful things to lead others to know and to love you. God, I hear it's just gonna get more comfortable down here. <laughs> so God, I pray that we get comfortable being uncomfortable so that more people in this world can live truly their best life. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Kelly. I'm still trying to recover from that Annie story. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? Nobody looking around. I strongly believe that that there's somebody in this room be several somebodies who after hearing this and maybe God's been working in your life, you're, you're ready to stop chasing counterfeit comfort and you're ready for the real thing. And you know it's time to come home to Jesus and to give up the things that are just leading nowhere. And I wanna encourage you that the beautiful message of the New Testament is not that you have to now work hard to earn God's favor somehow and make up for all the lousy stuff that you've been a part of. That's not the message of the New Testament. The message of the New Testament is that what you need, Jesus did for you on the cross. And he offers you a restored relationship with the Father and eternal life and complete forgiveness as a gift. Something that he earned on your behalf. And that what you need to do is simply receive the gift. That's faith. And he'll transform your life. And if you say to me today, Pastor Tim, I I do want that authentic comfort and I do want to receive that gift, would you please pray for me, Pastor Tim? So with nobody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, this is between you and God and me to pray for you. Say, Pastor Tim, please pray for me. Keep me in your prayers. I'm not gonna call you out or anything. I'm gonna count to three. Just slip up your hand so I can see it. As soon as I see it, you can put it back down. Hands are already going up. One, two, three. Thank you, yes, thank you. I see your hands, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, young lady. Thank you, thank you. So many hands. Father, I do pray for the souls behind the hands that were raised. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would answer this call to each one and that you would help them to just simply receive the gift, free gift 
of your salvation. They would be born again, receive your new life and walk in your ways. In Jesus' name. And you know, for the sake of all those that raised their hands, let's say a prayer together as a family so that when they're praying, they're not praying alone, we're all praying with them together. Even if you pray this prayer many times or sometime before in your life, would you just pray after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know I've done wrong, but you sent your son to die for me. Please forgive me my sins and give me new life. And this day, I make Jesus my Lord, my Savior, and my God in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Isn't that beautiful? Would you stand with me now to receive a blessing that I'd like to give you? And as you're standing, if the altar prayer team would please come to the front, I wanna encourage you. In just a moment, we're gonna dismiss. And if you would like prayer for any reason, please come up and see one of these altar prayer team members. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe raised your hand, please also come up because we have a gift for you. It's a book called A Fresh Start with God. We believe will be a blessing to you. But to receive your blessing right now, if you would open your hearts to the Lord, if you like, you can turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you with a craving for the authentic comfort that he brings. May the Lord bless you for a dislike for the counterfeit comforts. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love you, church, and we'll see you this Worship Wednesday.